Good morning, class. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and welcome to Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed on the Word of God, where our faith begins to grow because it's nourished, and we learn how to please God and be overcomers as He has intended for us to be. The Lord told us to live by faith, walk by faith, please Him by faith, receive by faith, overcome by faith. The Christian life is to be a faith life, a life lived by faith. And so there's a lot to learn about this faith life, which is why we've got faith school and it's why we saved you a seat right here in the front. So get your Bible, get your uh, something to take notes on and come join us. Come into the class with us and let's pray right now and ask the Lord for exactly what we should get in today's class. Father, how we appreciate and thank you for this opportunity, uh, the freedom and the blessing and the strength and the health and the prosperity to do this and to come together. Thank you for drawing people uh, into the class and, and, and all of us together from all over the world to, to have this together. We ask you for answers. We ask you for direction. We ask you for help and guidance. Uh, anything we haven't known, ask you to reveal it to us. Anything that we have, uh, that you've shown us, but we let slip, we forgot it, uh, remind us please and show us how to put it into practice and we will be doers of it as you help us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. And so we, we thank you in advance for answers yes. and for help. Open your textbook today again. The Bible is our textbook. Open it to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, and verse uh, 13. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. If you were with us on previous uh, classes, we looked at Romans 10. And we noticed how in Romans 10, verse 8, and then again in verse 9, and then again in verse 10, he repeats the same thought, that you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth. You believe in your heart, you say with your mouth. You believe in your heart, you say with your mouth. He repeats it three times in a row. And he's describing how we were born again, how you are saved. Believing is not, I should say it like this, faith is not just silently believing. Living faith acts. Living faith does something. James, you know, said, faith without doing is dead. Well, uh, then that's James chapter 2. With the very next chapter, chapter 3, he goes into great detail talking about the tongue, the tongue. Because that is the number one action of our faith, is our saying. If you don't believe it enough to boldly say it, and if you don't believe it enough to act on it, then it's not a living faith that'll produce any results. He said we have the same spirit of faith, uh, same as who? 
as who? Well, uh, as we read in, in Mark 11, 22, Jesus said, have the faith of God. Our faith is actually his faith. It's not a different kind of faith. It's a measure of his very own faith. Romans also says that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So when we talk about faith, you read the scriptures in Hebrews 11 and see all those great uh, men and women of faith and all the great things that happened in their life, the miracles. But the faith that Moses had, the faith that Elijah and Elisha had, the faith that Joseph had, uh, the faith that the apostles had, the faith that Jesus walked in is all the same faith. It's faith of God, faith from God. And when we're born again, we're told we've been given a measure of that same faith. Say it out loud. I have in me, I have in me the, ability to believe. the ability to believe. I have in me, have in me a, measure a measure of God's own faith. Of God's own faith. <laughs> We're talking about the faith he created the heavens and the earth with. This is astounding. This is amazing. Now, obviously, we hadn't developed in our faith to the point where we're creating any planets. That's right. But who's to say? With eternity in front of us, there's plenty of time to develop. But you know, right now, if we were just using our faith to get our body healed and our bills paid, that'd put us a long ways down the road, right? But sadly, many, many Christians are not using their faith at all in their daily life. They used their faith to be born again. They used their faith to receive Jesus, and they believe their names in the Lamb's book of life. They believe when they die, they're going to heaven, be with the Lord, and that's wonderful. But then they stopped. You know, it's kind of like uh, uh, watching the horse race on the track, and the gate opened, and the horse jumped out of the gate, and then he stopped <laughs> and looked around while the rest of the horses, he, he got to jump on everybody else. But how many understand you got to keep running the race? You don't just get out of the gate and stop. Well, that's exactly what many Christians have done. They got out of the gate, they got born again, and then they stopped using their faith. How many remember Hebrews talks about that we should run our race? You know, looking to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. So it must be a faith race. How do you run a faith race? The same way you started the faith race. How do you run a foot race? The same way you start a foot race. You keep putting the foots in front of the other one, right? <laughs> and if you keep doing that, you can cross the finish line. Well, we must use our faith just like we used it to be born again. We must use our faith to receive a healing. We must use our faith to receive protection. We must use our faith to receive direction in life and wisdom. We must use our faith to receive a provision and what we need in the natural material realm. Said out loud, I have, I have the, same the same spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. Now, what does the spirit of faith 
do? What does it look? What does it sound like? The rest of the verse says, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. If you talk to a lot of Christians, church-going people, they are strong on the believing part, believing in God, believing in heaven, believing in Jesus, believing in prayer, believing, believing. But you won't hear them talking about the speaking part, the saying part. And that's a subtle trick of the enemy because believing with no action is dead, James says. Believing with no action, with no doing, produces zero results. Go with me to Mark, if you would please, the 11th chapter again. Let's look at uh, Scripture that we'd look. Well, actually, I tell you, on your way, stop by Luke. <laughs> stop by Luke, the 17th chapter. Let's do it this way. The saying part must not be neglected. Don't let the enemy trick you into being a silent believer because that's the same thing as being an ineffective believer. Believing with no action is dead faith, James says. In Luke, the 17th chapter, so much revelation here. Verse 5, Luke 17, 5. Luke 17, 5, the apostles said to the Lord, add to us faith. Now, this is the Young's literal translation. I believe the King James says, increase our faith. I'm reading the Young's literal. The, what did the apostles ask the Lord? We, we want more faith, they said. <laughs> well, why would they say that? Because he's talking about it all the time. He's talking about it all the time. Faith this, faith that. If you, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how many times did he t talk to people about their believing? How many times did he tell people, according to your faith, as you have believed, your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. Jesus talked about it a lot. And then also in this passage, if you read previously, he had talked about forgiving people many times in a day. And they said, whew, we need more faith for that. Lord, increase our faith. And, and, and this is a revelation too. You forgive by faith, not by feeling. The enemy has tricked a lot of people in this uh, area because if somebody did you wrong or if you just perceived that they did you wrong, and, you, you, and I've heard Christians say, well, I, I tried to forgive them, but it just seems like I can't. Well, what do they mean? Well, they mean they say, okay, I forgive them. Father, I forgive them. But then they get to thinking about what they did to them and how ugly they were and how mean it was. And, and the feelings just come all over them. And they, and they think, well, I hadn't forgiven them. Look at what I'm doing. That's because you think forgiveness is based on feelings. It's not. Forgiveness is based on faith. And even though the feelings might come back to you about, you know, what they said or did, you just need to say by faith, it doesn't matter how I feel. I have chosen to forgive them. 
I forgive them by faith. And so they were getting some, some inkling of that. And so they're asking for faith concerning forgiveness. They said, Lord, add to us faith. Increase our faith. Another revelation here is that faith can be increased. Faith grows. Faith develops. In Thessalonians, he said, uh, your faith grows exceedingly, which is one reason we have faith school. Um, Notice what else? Notice the Lord's answer to their request for more faith. Luke 17, 6, and again, I'm reading Young's literal translation. The Lord said, in answer to their request for more faith, He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard, you would have said, to this sycamine, be uprooted, be planted in the sea, and it would have obeyed you. Get this phrase. They're wanting more faith. They're asking Jesus, the master, for more faith. And Jesus being the same yesterday, today, and forever, and Jesus being no respecter of persons, if you came to him, if I came to him today, right now, and said, Lord, increase our faith, what would he say? He doesn't change. The word doesn't change. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard. Now, uh, a mustard seed is a tiny, tiny thing. What's he saying? If you had any faith at all, you would say. You would say. This is the area where so many are coming short. They're not saying. They're not speaking. And he's revealing that uh, if you want more faith, it doesn't come by praying for more faith. It doesn't come by begging for more faith. It doesn't come by trying to find somebody that you think has more faith than you and saying, please, lay your hands on me and, and minister more faith to me. It doesn't come that way. It's a whole lot like a muscle. It'd be like, you know, be like a young man or young woman saying, you know, I, I need muscles. I want muscles. Well, no, honey, you have muscles. <laughs> yeah, but not like that. Not like that athlete. Not like that. Well, how did their muscles get like that? By training. Is that right? Training every day. If it's a bodybuilder, by loading those muscles beyond where they had been loaded before and using them. So when they said, Lord, give us more faith, he said, if you had any faith at all, if you had the smallest amount of faith, the way to get more faith is what? Use it. And how, what's the key way that you use it? Saying. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say. You would start saying. And he said, if you, if you said to this sycamine tree, be uprooted, be planted in the sea, it would have obeyed you. Now, many people mock and make fun of what I just read, not realizing I didn't say this. <laughs> Other preachers didn't say this. Jesus said this. He said, if you would say to this tree, be rooted up. And be planted in the sea. 
It would obey you. It would do what you said. The moment you say that, there's whole groups of church-going people just turn it off. They go, that's crazy. That's crazy. What are you calling crazy? Who are you calling crazy? See, we, we need to show respect to the Word of God. And just because there might be some preachers you don't particularly like, or some groups that you don't particularly agree with everything they say and do, don't let the enemy trick you into rejecting super important things Jesus said. Because even if somebody else twisted it up and got it wrong, what Jesus said is still right. It's still true. It still works. Let's go now to uh, Mark 11. We were on our way there. Mark 11, in that great 22nd verse, and 23 and, and 24, <clears throat> this is where Jesus demonstrated what he was talking about there in Luke. He said, if you said to this tree, be rooted up, be placed into the sea, it would, it would obey you. That sounds like fantasy to the natural mind. But we need to be reminded, all of this world came from somewhere. The planet we're standing on, the chair you're sitting in, all matter came into existence from things that cannot be seen. According to the Bible, we believe the Bible. And the way it happened is God said it. It's not magic. It's not fantasy. It's faith. It's how God created the heavens and the earth. Brought all this into being. Well, if we're going to be like, if we're going to act like our father, if we're going to be imitators of God as dear children, We've got to have that same spirit of faith and believe and speak. In Mark 11, as we'd studied this in previous classes, Jesus came by and saw a fig tree. He walked up to it and there was no fruit on it. And he spoke to it and said, no, no one eat fruit from you from now on. And uh, he said it out loud. The disciples heard it. We don't need to be embarrassed to speak faith when it's appropriate. If people don't understand it, they need to understand it. They need to start speaking it too. And uh, they walked away. Well, some 24 hours or so later, they come back by this same tree and Peter notices it and goes, Lord, Lord, look. And to the other guys, look. The tree he spoke to has withered up in just these handful of hours and it happened from the roots up. And Jesus took that as an opportunity to teach them about faith and to teach us. It's recorded for all generations. In verse 22, Mark eleven twenty-two, Jesus said, and I'm reading in the Dewey translation, Mark eleven twenty-two, Jesus said, have the faith of God. And as we're studying 
previously, he's telling them, you have faith too. You operate in faith like I am. Verse 23, amen, I say to you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not stagger in his heart, but believe that whatsoever he says shall be done, it shall be done to him. We took the time previously, went to Matthew 21. And we saw that he said it like this. He said, if you have faith and don't doubt, you'll not only do what was done to the fig tree, but you could also speak to the mountain. He's telling them, you can do what I just did. And you can even do greater things. And the way you do it is you say it. You don't doubt. You don't stagger or waver but believe that what you say will come to pass and you'll have what you say. As I was mentioning, people mock this. They go, oh, that's that, that's that confess it, possess it, blab it, grab it. <clears throat> that's just a bunch of junk. What are you calling junk? Who said this? Is it true? Is it not true? Just because somebody else might have gone off course with it doesn't make it untrue and, and not right. Jesus operated this way, and he told the disciples and us to operate this way. I know uh, uh, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now, taught these things, and preached them, and uh, he said there are times people would come up to him and say, well, well what, if I, what if I wanted to say I'm going to get 10,000 oil wells? They were in Oklahoma and back in the 70s. And, and he said, what if I'm going to say I'm going to get 10,000 oil wells? He said, well, if you really believed it, you would, but you don't, so you won't. <laughs> See, people have have heard bits and pieces and, and then presumed and assumed and, and put their own twist and slant on it and changed what the Lord said. I want you to notice in particular, verse 23, he, the Lord didn't say we would have everything we believed. Nor did the Lord say we would have everything we said. Just because you say you believe it doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. Just because you say it doesn't mean you believe it. Doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. What did he say? If you will say it and not doubt in your heart. And the reason I read the Dewey translation is because he says not stagger. And that same word stagger is translated waver. Waver. And wavering is going back and forth. See, if in your heart, now your head's different from your heart. We'll be talking about that eventually, I think. But in your heart, if when you say it, if you say, you know, lungs clear up in Jesus' name, lungs clear up. Well, you said it, that's good, sounds good. But if in your heart you're going, reckon they will? Maybe they will, maybe not. I hope they will, but maybe they won't. It's not going to work. You've got to be convinced in your heart 
that what, you're, what you say comes to pass. And Jesus said, if you're not wavering, but you believe in your heart that what you say comes to pass, he said, not some wide-eyed, arm-waving preacher of modern times, Jesus, the head of the church, said, if you don't doubt in your heart, you will have what you say. He had just done it with that tree. He's telling them, we saw it in Luke, if you had faith of the smallest amount. And let's back up to this. The enemy will lie to you and tell you, well, your problem is you don't have enough faith. Well, how much faith does it take? <laughs> Jesus said, if you had mustard seed size faith, it, it could rip trees out of the ground and transport them to other places. <laughs> So how much faith do you really need to stop that cough or to get rid of that headache or to get that bill paid? Uh, It's uh, wrong thinking. Because if you ask the enemy, do I have enough faith? What do you think he's going to say? He's going to say, not yet. Sorry, not yet. And so you can read and feed and pray. And and a year later, what do I have enough faith now? What's he going to say? No, sorry, not yet. Not yet. Maybe you're getting close, but not yet. But it's not true. The faith. We're talking about the faith of God. God's own faith. A mustard seed size piece of God's own faith that He created the universe with is more than enough to do a lot of the little stuff we might want done. It's potent. It is so powerful if we will actually use it, if we will actually put it into action, put it into uh, operation. If you'll say, and not stagger in your heart, but believe that whatever you say shall be done, it shall be done unto him. Hallelujah. Go with me to Hebrews, the 11th chapter again. I know uh, sometimes I'm I'm repeating some things. I'm not doing it because I've run out of material. (laughs) I'm doing it because spiritual things are different from mental things. Just because you say, oh, we heard that, you know, some time ago, Brother Keith. It's not knowing it that changes your life. It's believing it. It's getting in your heart. And faith comes by hearing and by hearing. He said in Hebrews 11.1, 1, and this is the NIV, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's that totally convinced, fully persuaded, no wavering, no staggering, and then speaking from that kind of heart, that's when you see things change. That's when you see miracles happen. Well, that's it again for faith class today. So glad you're with us. Join us again uh, tomorrow and the next day. Until then, said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God.